Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about design, um, to pull it back into something a little uh, more pretty, I suppose. Um, To talk a little bit about, though, a very low-level approach to design that uh, I think we both take in our apps and is something that I think can be really powerful once you start taking this approach and start using it in all of your apps. Um, And it's something that I tend to call for myself parametric design, um, which is a very fancy and uh, nonsensical name to have for something like this. But basically, it's designing your app in such a way that large amount parts of the appearance of the layout um, of the sort of the way that it will appear visually on the screen is controlled by parameters and variables within your code um, to the degree that you can you know, change a few, few numbers, change a few values, and you can radically change the appearance of your application. Um, and this is something that I think works best if you do a lot of programmatic UI um, rather than you know, something like a storyboard where a lot of those values are baked into the storyboard or baked into the nib. But if you're doing any amount of your UI and code, it's possible to do a lot of this. Um, if you're doing it in storyboards and stuff, you can still do it there. You're just going to have duplicated effort in a lot of places where you set a value in your storyboard, and then you also have somewhere in code that you can override that value. Um, but either way, however you end up with it, if you design your app such that you can change everything dynamically, it makes the development process, I think, much more fluid and is something that I found for myself helps me very quickly iterate on a design because usually what, what what happens, and this is something, the reason this topic is front of mind for me is I'm going through the sort of layout and design phase of my next app. And I the way I tend to do with this is I'll put a very basic, super simple, kind of horrendously ugly design in place. It has bad colors, that has bad fonts or sizes and weights. Um, and I'm just trying to get it sort of basically working. And once I have that, I then want to go through and actually sort of like adjust it and dial it down. And, and this is sort of the, I guess, the bottom up d- design approach rather than, you know, if you're working with a, a professional designer or somebody who's giving you a, here's what it should look like in the end. And you're working from there down. Obviously this isn't something that an approach that would work, but if you're working it from the approach like me, where you're starting with just basic, like it's just the UI button that looks like a UI button. It's a UI label that just looks like a UI label. If you start there and are, are working on it, if you build your app such that you can you know, have all these dials and hooks into it, then you can quickly change things. And this is the approach that I tend to take, that when I'm actually iterating on my UI, I'm just sitting there changing variables and then build and run, look at it, see how it feels, run it on my device. Um, I've even seen people who do this where you'll actually build a method into the application where if you, you know, it's like quadruple tap on the screen with three fingers, a little UI pops up that you can change the the values to, you know, while the app is live and running. Um, but it's an approach, I think, that is a way of thinking about your app at a level that gives you that flexibility. And ultimately, it probably even makes your app better um, from a like a testability or not that I really write tests, but from an ability to understand what's going on uh, perspective, because everything that's in the app, everything about the way it looks is, you know, explicitly written out somewhere because it's a variable that whose value you can change. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of thing I've, I've designed overcast from day one to be 
this way in many ways. And, and you know, this, this can start with very simple things. It can start with something like text sizes and whether your, your app has like a light or dark theme. And if you make all this managed by some kind of central class, like my in Overcast, it's called OC Appearance. You know, because, you know, it's, it goes beyond what UI appearance offers, although that it, OC appearance manages the UI appearance. Uh, but OC appearance is just my centralized class that listens for notifications for things like the dynamic text size preference changing. Uh, and then it posts, it, it basically reposts a notification to all my custom controls and classes and controllers and everything. They all listen for the UI or the for the OC appearance did change notification. And then they set their own layouts accordingly. And when you take this kind of approach, this makes it way easier to do things like support dynamic type or support a dark mode or alternate color schemes or to support certain accessibility options like bold text or button uh, button shapes. So there's lots of different things you can do uh, once you have this kind of centralized design and, and appearance and theme manager uh, infrastructure. And so, and one of the things I've done is, you know, very simply, I've created, you know, if, if you have like a, you know, some kind of control or screen or, or area where you have a background, you can assume that background will probably be white by default in most things. In Overcast, I make that an OC background view, which is a custom UI view subclass that literally just listens to the OC appearance to change notification and sets itself to be the current theme's background color. And that way, it's very, very easy for me to not only change the design, but to implement dark mode. And so I can test out all sorts of colors and things very easily, and then every background in my app automatically changes with this custom OC background view. Similar, I have um, you know OC button, I have OC bordered button for all the little round rect buttons I have in Overcast. Those are all you know a standard class that automatically customizes its own appearance whenever the appearance changes and can respond to all these different values and everything, both dynamically or you know or originally in the code, like you were saying. I also have um, an OC styled label, and this is one of my most used and biggest time saver UI things I've ever done is the OC styled label. And basically, uh, it's, a, it's a UI label subclass. Like the other ones, it manages its own appearance and its own parameters and everything uh, based, on, based on the current overcast theme, uh, whether it's dark mode or whatever. But the OC styled label takes as its, uh, as its main parameter the UI font text style. Uh, uh, which is, you know, just like if you're picking a UI font, you can call it the preferred font with uh, whatever the full method name is, preferred font with style, UI font text style. And this, these are all the iOS 7 and above built-in text styles. You have like, you know, headline, body, caption 1, caption 2, stuff like that. Um, and my OC style label, I can just create one of these instances and stick it right into a UI in code or an interface builder. And it automatically will style itself, not only for that style, but it also will pick up things like in my OC appearance class, I've defined default colors, default font attributes. So, for instance, um, you know, in the San Francisco font, numbers by default are not proportional exactly. They like like a one is narrower than a zero, for instance. You know, it's it's they're not fixed uh, fixed proportions rather. Um, in many of my contexts, I need that, so I have one place to set that in the OC appearance manager, where I have a function that's called something on the lines of default font attributes for text style. And I know that in certain textiles, in almost all of them, I want my fixed width numerals. So I have that one place to set it. And my OC style label class can, can, add, can manage all that for me. So all over the UI, I'm only having to change this stuff in one place. I change one value in, my, in one OC appearance line, 
and then all the labels across my entire app will automatically update. Dynamic text is super easy because all the all those styled labels, they include either a forced fixed size for things that are really tight, like the labels that are in the title bar on the now playing screen, uh, or a dynamic size adjustment based on dynamic type. So I can say, just create this label and have it be the regular preferred dynamic type size, whatever the current size is. Or I can have it say, that size plus two points, if something needs to be a little bit bigger, or you know, minus two points, a little bit smaller. And that makes it so easy to support these accessibility features and to you know use dynamic type and, and make all that happen for people who want or need that and, and still have this incredible ease on the code side where I don't have to code that into every view controller. I don't have to have that part of every every custom control. Like It just automatically inherits from these few base classes I've made that manage their own appearance. And then the OC appearance class that handles it all parametrically, as, as you would say. Like I have one place where I can change this. If I want to change the font weight across the entire app, I change that in one place and one line of code in that class. It's doing it this way makes things so much easier. And as as conditions change, as styles change, as fashion changes in, in app design, or as Apple adds things like you know there's there's a rumor that they might soon add a system wide dark mode. Uh, then you, this again, if you have designed this way, this gives you one place where you have to implement that, and then all the rest of your app automatically picks it up from your appearance manager. It, it's you really should design this way if you can. Yeah, and I think there's there's sort of there's two levels of where this comes into play. There's the uh, the approach, the side of it that you're talking about, where I think it's very much the following the principle of like not repeating yourself, of avoiding duplication. That you don't have every single view controller has a viewed load method that's just fifty lines of setting style stuff. And obviously, a lot of this got better when. Um, they introduced the appearance manager stuff to UIKit, which is certainly something that I think we both use. But even beyond that, there's so much of this that you know you're still needing to have more things than beyond that, and then even just other stuff that it, beyond appearance, like the actual UIKit appearance stuff that you actually need to do. And so there's not repeating yourself and trying to consolidate um, all of this code into a place that you can easily update, and that you know you. What I what I like about that approach is you inevitably you'll have one offs and you'll have things that are slightly different, um, but you can even even inside of that you have you know two different methods that are you know physically close to each other in your in your application that are doing the you know the the there's the default version and then there's the you know the bold version or whatever it is. And by putting those logically similar uh, close to each other, I find it so much easier when I'm debugging. When I'm like, you know, I change, I change one, and I expect the other one to change, and it doesn't. It's like there's something even helpful about like, well, it's all I have to do is look down a few lines, and I'll probably see where I'm doing it wrong. Um, but also, I think it's it can be really helpful, even just at the really, really, if you go all the way down from like to the lowest level. Like I run into this a lot, and I know I'm I'm weird for doing my layouts this way, but I do a lot of my um, like view layouts programmatically um so i do a lot of work in like view will layout subviews and those types of methods that's just you know that's just how i think that's fine it's definitely not for everybody no you don't have to apologize for that as a, so basically a week after we did the episode about how i've been embracing interface builder and auto layout uh mm-hmm. i converted to what you're doing <laughs> okay <laughs> because i i hit just like everything with interface builder and auto layout it's great until you hit a wall and then you realize that you're spending an incredible amount of time and effort to do things that you could really do very easily with like a 10 line, you know, layout subviews function. 
But in those layout subviews function, I think it's another place that I have found this kind of parametric approach to be really, really powerful. Like even so, in some ways, even more um, when you're early on, especially like if you define, you know, I end up with a lot of these very like my viewed layout subviews methods are often it's like it's half like defining variables. There's a lot of I guess now that I'm in Swift, it's all these let you know let something equal something, let something equal something. Um, that's like the first half, and the second half is all the actual like the framework where I'm actually saying like you know build the frame and do the math and lay it out. But you can do all these fun things where you're just like okay, this is the padding, this is the inside padding, this is the outside padding, um, and you can put all those values as just values that you know that you can change dynamically, and it's so powerful when you're looking at a UI because I feel like there's like I can get the, the the initial UI vaguely right, you know, fairly quickly by eye. But then there's a certain point that you're just kind of looking at it and you're like, you know, that label just looks, uh, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a term for this where it's like visual centering um, is, is a lot of times that you have something to do in icon design where something is technically centered, but it doesn't look centered because yeah, yeah. the, like it's not, if you, you know, a perfect, a perfect circle is easy to center. But if say you have something that's really thin at the top and heavy on the bottom, it can actually look like it's off center if it's actually centered. And I think you have a lot of these things in, in user interface design where things can be technically correct like say you say, Oh, I always have eight pixel or eight points of padding on the left side of all my views. But there's possible that somewhere in somewhere you know in, in your layout, nine points would actually look better. Um, and so, be pulling all these things into these fun these functions, you know, out of you know, so that there's no magic numbers in your frame stuff. All your frame logic in this case is just equations. You know, they're they're and they're all nice labeled equations that are saying like you know it's padding plus label width plus padding or however you want to lay it out. Like you're being very clear and explicit can make this really a powerful approach. And I think it works both ways. Like either way, it's like the last thing you want in your app is to have a design that is expressed somewhere that you can't change easily. Um, you know, it, it's, I think even I remember to the extent of, I remember, I think it was Vesper that I first saw someone do this where they even were just in Vesper. I think there was a, they defined a bunch of these things, even in a P list file, um, which is how they, which is an interesting approach they took because it allowed um, non-design, non-developer pe- uh, people to make changes to the application's appearance because they would just go into a plist and change stuff. Um, and so it's even more powerful in that sense of like you can actually even extract all this developer logic and put it into something that is a bit less scary. Like you may not necessarily want your designer going into your code and changing things. I mean, nothing against designers; they're lovely, but that's a problematic thing in a couple of ways versus, you know, here's this plist file that you can change and it's much less likely to cause problems or conflicts or issues down the road. It's also, it lets them work faster. You know, like, you know, if, you know, it, it's part of when you, when you're working on a team with multiple people like that, like if you have a separate designer, they can do their job faster. If you can give them that kind of infrastructure and that, that kind of setup. Um, and, and I think too, like between our two, our two, like, you know, main points that, you know, like, having these variables defined in you know at, at the top of your layout function versus you know me having them try to try to be defined like in a central place like an appearance manager class you can actually combine these things like one of the principles of design generally is to not to have too many different things in, in one layout so like you know, if you're going to have like 
you know, certain fonts. Don't have like ten different fonts in your app. Have maybe two, you know, or one. <laughs> you know, different. Yeah. You know, don't don't have like regular, semi bold, bold, heavy, and book. Like you know, have two font weights, and you know, use have like one boldish font weight and one regular font weight. Things like that. Like you try to minimize how, the, the the amount of different combos you have because it just looks. It tends to look better if you standardize on one or two values in each one of these areas. So one of the things you can do is you can define your default spacing between elements on the screen, like default left margin, eight, you know, and you can have that in your appearance manager class. And so you can have your custom layout functions, use that as a starting point, and then for the ones that need additional padding, don't just put a magic number in that says nine, you know, have have it be default padding plus one, or even better, you know, the floor of default padding plus 10%. You know, like yeah. if it's if if it's proportional, that's even better because then you can scale it to different sizes and everything. And so that kind of approach, it, it still allows you to standardize things and to ha- and it's even better for what you're describing as parametric design because then you can go to your appearance manager class and even have spacing be one of those things that that you can change in one place and have the whole app change as a result. Yeah, and it's it, it's so powerful when you get when you get into this, and I guess it's sort of like why I wanted to do an episode on it is it's. It's something that I remember, I have every now and then I'll go back. And I'll, I mean, I have a lot of old projects and some of them are still in the store and I'll go back and look at the code. And of course, like the, like any programmer's worst nightmare is when you open up, open something and there's just all these magic numbers, all these just, you know, and like I, when I call it say a magic number is any number that doesn't have a, have a, a label as to what it means is a magic number. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's, you can get away with it if it's an obvious thing, like the number of times I divide by 60, you know, and when I'm doing uh, date or time things, like maybe you, that's okay. It's, no, it's not perfect. you have a constant, seconds per minute. There you go. <laughs> sure, that's even, even better. Um, but like what you really don't is, is when you go into a, a you know, something that, and you have like this font is, it's like it's 18 here, it's 17 there. You don't know why. Some, some place you have padding here or you just have these just numbers that are, it's like the, you know, I remember back in the day when I used to always assume that a, uh, an iPhone's width was 320. And, you know, when the uh, iPhone 6 came out, all of a sudden I had to go through my app and I, you know, I, I this is what I actually, I actually did. I opened up Xcode and did, you know, find, you know, like search all for 320, for 640, um, for 480, like yep. all of the, these values. And I found <laughs> dozens of them oh, everywhere. Yeah. And that's really problematic. It's like, that's really shouldn't be there. That should be in that case, it's proportional to the screen. So somewhere I should have a, you know, device, get the device bounds, get the width, and then it should just dynamically update. And by making it par- you know, making it not tied to something that's hard coded in that way. It's like your example with padding and using the floor rather than just pl- adding one if you get out of those habits, like anytime in a weird way, you're doing something that's so numerical, but it should have almost no numbers in it that it's like only the numbers only exist at the top. And then everything else is proportional and kind of expanding from that. Um, it works really well. Like I've been doing this a lot with, uh, on my Apple watch work where, you know, there, there are these two different sizes. And so you have to have a, but in the weird thing with the watch is you don't typically change the UI between the 48 and the 38, the 42 and the 38 millimeter Apple watches. Like, it's not like you have a totally new, um, it's not like an iPad to an iPhone. It's, it's like, they're so close, but slightly different. And so everything you have to do has to be proportional. Everything needs to be adaptable and flexible. Um, and then once you wrap your mind around it and kind of commit to that approach, 
like all these things just kind of like all these other problems that you would have otherwise just kind of fall out. We're sponsored this week by Linode. Go to linode.com slash radar and use code radar20 at checkout for $20 in credit. Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. They're a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure needs. You can get a server up and running at Linode in just under a minute with plans starting at just $10 a month. That now gets you two gigs of RAM for just 10 bucks a month. This is like amazing pricing for what you get at Linode. David and I are both customers of Linode. We've both been there since long before they were sponsors of our show. Uh, Linode's great. Uh, I definitely recommend them. Uh, Linode is, they have an amazing control panel. They have amazing options. They have amazing pricing. This is great for things like if you have to run a server for your app, or even if you just want to run a private Git server. Uh, If you want to host databases, run a mail server, although you shouldn't run your own mail server, but you can at Linode. You can operate powerful applications. I have, I I think Overcast runs on something like 16 Linode uh, VPSs. It's incredible. You can do so much there from from one little thing for 20 bucks a month all the way up, or for 10 bucks a month even, all the way up to you know me running Overcast there for something like $1,000 a month with all these different servers, all these high specs. You can do crazy stuff at Linode. It's amazing. I love it. You should love it too. Check it out. Go to linode.com slash radar. You'll be supporting us by doing that, and you get $20 towards any Linode plan using code RADAR20 at checkout, and they have a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. Thanks a lot to Linode for supporting the show. So to finish out the show, it seemed also kind of a fun little thing for us to, now that you've, hopefully at this point, we've convinced you that parametric design is a good thing, that you should build it into your apps. Once you've done that, there's some really fun things that you can use um, as a result to make your apps better, and... As an example, something that I do a lot when I have when I'm trying to kind of narrow in on a, on a good design is I will set have my app randomly change some of these parameters um, inside of it, and it lets me experiment or even maybe not randomly even, but where it's like I want it to I'm trying to work out what the right padding is, and so I set it to you know it starts at one and then five seconds later it goes to two, five seconds later it goes to three. Oh, that's you awesome! Can have your app grow and shrink and adjust as you go because it's all it's it's all just numbers and so it's a and if you build this approach you can do stuff like that where you can kind of i struggle like i sometimes struggle to visualize in my head what different values are going to be and i mean that's part of why i'm not a designer i'm a developer like i can't imagine it i can just write it but if you build your app this way you can sit there and be like i don't really know which one i should do uh, another example is you can do the same, take the same approach, but with fonts, and you say, <laughs> like, like a random font. <laughs> well, you you only have so many system fonts, right? And it isn't so much that you're trying to like randomly pick a pick a font, but it's it you can it helps start my mind thinking about how my app could be different if I tr- you know try different things that I wouldn't necessarily think to otherwise. That if I had to manually go through and you know, type in all the different font names, I would never do it. But it's like you try through and you're like, huh, actually, this one kind of looks good. Why does this one look good? Um, And it may not be that I'm going to end up using that random font. But it's like, huh, that maybe the reason I liked that one, for example, is that it was more condensed rather than uh, more wide, or it had, um, you know, obviously, like big obvious things like serifs or non sans serifs or different font weights, like, I feel like there's something to be said for just taking the approach of just like, having your app, be very flexible this way and then taking advantage of the flexibility to be like, let's change all the things. And most of the time it's not going to look good, but every now and then you can kind of look in and be like that one. 
like, that's the one that I like and, you know, sort of dial into it. And I think you did a similar thing when you were doing um, your dark mode that for a different reason, right? Because you kept switching between the light and dark mode to accomplish, to, to make sure that you were doing it right. Yeah, it's it's actually it's kind of a way to make sure that you've accommodated for all, for the for dynamic changes on all of your screens. I just set a timer in in the app delegate to change color scheme every five seconds, and I went through the entire. Even if for some reason you find a way to change the color scheme without being logged in, even the login screens change, the password reset screens change, every screen in Overcast changes dynamically for dark, for dark mode and any any other kind of theme changes, dynamic text, everything every screen changes because i literally went through and had this running every five seconds where it would toggle it and i went through every single screen in the app and and converted it and it, and i actually and it's the, i you know similar you know I, I just made fun of you a second ago for random fonts but when i was picking overcast's font back when i was developing 1.0 i did basically that same thing i i, I just i had like a folder full of 10 different custom fonts plus a couple plus a list of some of the built-in ones and i i had all this dynamic appearance stuff already in place mainly for this purpose and so i just tried it out because you know you can't really do this in the simulator you really have to see on device you have to see how this stuff looks how whether it whether it seems right whether it fits in uh and so that's what i did i i, I had the font be managed by this appearance manager class since 1.0 and i just tried all these different fonts and different you know adjustments to the sizing and this line spacing and everything else uh and eventually found the one that that i thought worked best and, and that, I, that i liked the look of best but I, I think if there's kind of like an overriding theme of, of what we're getting at here you know uh, we as programmers uh we often are not the best designers <laughs> i i think uh, i think it's safe to say uh very safe and 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 back all the way back in episode uh number 10 of this show uh we called design by a programmer we kind of talked about some of the ways we make images this way and i would be uh horribly um neglectful if i didn't mention paint code uh as as being an incredible resource paint code not only allows you to draw stuff and it's it's a vector drawing program that outputs either images or source code and you can you can render things dynamically which is awesome for parametric design but even within paint code you can have variables in your paint code documents uh for things like colors stroke widths uh font you know things like that and you can you can you can dynamically just like hit a button like an up or down stepper control on some of these things to like increase the stroke width on everything in your document that uses it and or you can have colors that are derived from other colors you can say this color should be base color minus 20 percent saturation or whatever you want to do you can have cool stuff like that in paint code i i highly recommend this app it's amazing um but uh, you know this is all a way for programmers like us who are not really designers by by training or by skill really uh to fumble our way through and and we we discussed a lot back in episode 10 why you might want to do this yourself and not hire a full-time designer and for for many people that choice is made for them by economics you know so so a lot of times you are your own designer just because that's what you can afford to do um and it's nice when you have this kind of parametric approach because we don't inherently, we can't just, as you said earlier, like we can't just kind of come up with the right thing on our first try in our head. We have to just kind of build it that way, try it, see it in the app, and then kind of figure out, play with the values a little bit to see like what really looks best, what really works best here. And when you have this kind of parametric approach, this kind of procedural value-based parametric centralized approach it makes that so much more possible and, and so much easier to be able to experiment with your design so that you can eventually come up with what's right. 
Yeah, and I think in many ways that is at the end of at like at, at the core of this idea is anything we can do as developers to make experimentation and exploration of our app easier and safer. You know that I'm I, I'm having complete confidence that if I may change one of these values, I'm not going to horribly break everything. And if I do, like it's I just undo it. It's it's not that kind of change where it, it feels heavy. And anything we can do, I think, to make experimentation, to make exploration light and fun in some ways, honestly, um, I think will allow us to make our apps better and to do it in a way that fits a developer mindset. And so anything you can think of, like this is an example where, you know, you take an approach to, to your design that makes it fun and easy to experiment. Maybe you can think of other places to do that in your application or in the way that you build it. But like... That kind of a freedom, I think, is what ultimately makes us so powerful and ultimately, I think, allows, you know, individual developers or developers without big design budgets, you know, like I can't come up with it right the first time, but I can, if I take this approach, I can try a hundred different designs in it in the time that a regular designer, you know, could only come up with one or two just because I'm just iterating so quickly through it. And I think that is at its core what makes this so powerful. Exactly. All right, best of luck, everybody, implementing your designing by programmer style here, (laughs) designed by math. Uh, That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.